0: Hi everyone, welcome back to my channel. My name is Stassi. Thank you so much for being here today. I am so excited to have Ria back here today. Also, fellow Canadian summer, love to talk to my Canadian summers. How are you doing? I'm
1: doing very well That's... and I'm very happy to come and talk to you again.
0: Yes, I'm excited. You're now in my neck of the woods uh, yeah. when it comes to baking. Technically, I like I could go buy Chef Hill if I so chose to, because I have my seal. I was going to be like a dick being like, uh, with Rhea and Chef Hill. And they'd be like, who's this? Who's that? There's only two people here. Yes, Chef. <laughs> yes, Chef. Thank you, Chef. Yes, Chef. Um, yeah, no, I'm so excited to have you back. Um, before we dive in, why don't you tell us a little about yourself?
1: Um... Well, I'm I go by rikki and like the stems, but regular life, my name is Ria and I am a Canadian. I'm around mid thirties and I have been baking since I was a kid from helping my mom mm-hmm. bake to now I teach her a thing or two.
0: <laughs> I, I love that. Um, did you ever consider going to culinary school?
1: No, I never did. I was always more of a science kid. Okay. Um, so
0: that's why um I did massage therapy. Um oh, okay. actually. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Or do you practice in massage therapy now?
1: I don't. I um I got fairly ill while I was in massage therapy school. Oh, okay. And um sorry, that's my alarm.
0: That's okay. We started early. It's okay.
1: <laughs> well, I didn't want to miss it, so I put an alarm. <laughs> um yeah so I got fairly ill and I practiced for a couple years and then I just it was too much so I stopped working entirely and now I got to bake more (laughs) not you know not that I like you know quit working to bake Hey,
0: it's it's totally okay I I gotta ask how's the weather where you are like where you are Um, because it's about to fucking storm here
1: yeah my sister just had the storm okay she's like this is coming your way and it passed her by already and like it was like it was like her house was in a car wash and then Mm -hmm. and then it's like blue
0: skies now that's crazy i can't believe a tornado touched down in ottawa this week though and like destroyed a lot of homes crazy sorry that's
1: uh a word that is not the best to use for things I, that are not
0: I I I I feel like that's a word like 20, 30 years from now, like we won't use. I I, I think we it's in our vocabulary. I would say it was intense. Would that be a better Yeah, word?
1: it yeah, it was wild. Wild <laughs> intense better. Like, you know. Yes.
0: I like yeah, I like wild better. Um it was. I had no idea. I just because I'm about like two hours away from you and I got the notification. I was like, Oh, whatever. Like, I'm sure they'll be fine. And then I got home. It's like, Oh, 125 people lost their homes. And I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is like the most wild summer for Ontario. Would you not agree? Yeah. Like, I don't know how many days we've had smog advisories from the forest fires. um, Severe rain. I think three tornadoes have touched down in the last like two weeks one was up north and one was in wasaga i'm like and then ottawa this past week guys climate change is is real and we need to talk about it like a lot tornadoes are
1: not usually a thing here
0: no but you know you might
1: have like a warning but it never actually comes to pass
0: right And now Now, it has but now you have to take those warnings like super seriously anytime now i see um well you know the the advice the alerts and stuff I'm like, okay, I'm going to take this a little bit more seriously. I think the the word, okay, funny, but bad, and I don't know why people do this. You know the alerts that we get on our phone that, like, scare the shit out of us, and they usually sometimes will go off at, like, two in the morning. I still can't believe that people call the police because the alarm woke them up. Like, that oh shit irritates me. That's, like, I have this, like, pet peeve,
1: because I, like, I currently live in Toronto. Yeah. And so you'd be, like, walking down the street, and then the- fire truck will come through and all the cars stop and pull to the side but the pedestrians are just walking through in front of the truck and it's like no no Like when this when you hear the siren that means everybody stop and don't be in the road because there's a truck there's an ambulance there's a you know fire truck there's a you know police car like for one thing it's dangerous because Mm -hmm. you might get hit and for another thing like somebody needs help and needs you not to be in the way
0: i know um we were in toronto last weekend because i was picking some stuff up for the wedding and there was an ambulance behind us and like we pulled out of the way but like the fucking pedestrians i was like that shit would not fly here like like no you would like- get you would get blared like pedestrians in toronto scare the shit out of me because they don't fucking go know where they're going they're looking down on their phones and they just walk in front of you like like the car is expected to stop but like we don't know what you're doing you just start walking like get the fuck out of here
1: or like even like because I'm I'm a cautious person in general so like mm-hmm. I love to go for walks in the city and yeah. I love to go for walks early in the morning yeah and I'm wearing like a high viz vest and yeah. like a light and like you know all this stuff because it's like or if it's raining like even in the middle of the day if it's raining i'll be like yeah see me i don't want to be hit
0: by a car well absolutely because i get cars i get like i I cannot anytime i'm in toronto i have to either be asleep or not looking because i can't take the constant stop go stop go stop go or the aggressive driving Like in, in toronto driving uh yellow is green and red is yellow when it comes to yeah. traffic lights and I'm like Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. no anyways Canadians, yes. <laughs> Canadians we talk about the weather <laughs> we do we do we I seriously? literally I that was a huge part of the Canadian podcast we talked about like how you know you're Canadian I,
1: I listened to the Canadian podcast and one thing I have to say is that you guys were talking about how Canadians don't actually leave their doors unlocked. yes so that depends where you live Okay, because my relatives in Nova Scotia will leave their keys in the car with the doors unlocked and everything yeah.
0: like that shit ain't flying in self-lustered Ontario I, can say that. <laughs> I guess I guess it is I guess it's where I think the misconception is it's every place is like we just yeah. leave the doors unlocked come on in like no yeah you, you die you would get stabbed if they would have did that we don't like, shoot people, I don't, we stab like,
1: people. I don't know, like I'm not even that worried about people coming in. Like the one time somebody like like one time people mistook us for an Uber, okay. which was kind of funny, and they came in and we were like, "Um, hello." And they're like, "You're my Uber, right?" No. No. And then they got right out. It wasn't a big deal. Yeah, but, like you know, it's it's funny, like, I the reason I lock my doors is because I read this thing about this serial killer who who considered a locked door an invitation, and that freaked me out, you know, like people who keep a, a baseball bat beside the shower, like, you know, just in case there's someone hiding behind the curtain. It's like, you know, you don't really think that there's going to be someone there, but you're scared that there might 100%. be.
0: A hundred percent. Holy shit. Like, if my fiance's gone for the weekend, because he usually goes while I, when I have filming weekends... And I'll be lying in bed and I'll hear a crack. And I'm like, please let that be the cat. Please let that be the cat. Because I don't want to get up. (laughs) Because what the fuck am I going to do? I'm like five feet tall. Like, I mean, I can punch you in the balls. I can like kick you in the dick. But like, I can, you know, use my, my sing, which is uh, Miss Conchita Aldi, which is now on Canadian Netflix, which I've watched like a hundred times since it's been on in the last like two months yo how self um uh, uh what's a, a self-defense class I was like, exactly sing uh i think it's like the grind stomach something else and something else
1: uh no it was
0: solar plexus
1: inset nose groin
0: yes yes that's how you know that movie plays so much in canada we just watch it at any time <laughs> i but to be honest that is a movie no matter where i it is i will start and i will stop and watch it it could be 10 minutes in we could have 10 minutes left it's such a great movie it doesn't it doesn't need to it is
1: a great movie although i don't really watch movies anymore
0: i'm the, the biggest movie buff i'm so excited by the time this comes out with this movie like this will have already both movies will have already come up but i'm so excited for barbie oppenheimer literally I convinced my fiance to do a double feature with me to see both back to Oh wow.
1: That's, that's gonna be two very different
0: <laughs> I know. But that's a huge, that's a huge thing is uh Barbie Barbie Oppenheimer. And I didn't realize to like how like people I was like, I had joked about it like a month ago being like, Oh, like let's see both movies like back to back to each other. And then this week it was like, oh no, like this is like legit. Like people like they're doing double features with each other. They're selling merch with both of the shows on like movies on there. I'm like I will send it to you after. It's legit. And I was like, wow. Hmm. So happy uh I uh, hope every happy Barbie Oppenheimer to anybody listening to this. I hope you enjoyed both films. But anyways, we here to talk about baking. Let's yes, talk about baking. Let's talk about baking. Um so I've done both home baking and professional baking and they are the same but different. Um, I want to hear what it's like, like for you to be a homestyle baker, and I'll talk about what it's like to be a professional baker, and then we'll we'll compare notes. How does that sound? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay,
1: you go first. Um, so I started baking with my mom, um, mm-hmm. and my grandmother, okay. and um, there were, and I think, uh, you and I we. Discussed this briefly in like our chats when we were talking about doing this baking episode about the five roses cookbook which is like a Canadian classic very
0: Canadian classic it was in one of my culinary schools that I went to like we talked about that cookbook in our in our class
1: and um my mom when she like grew up and left home Mm -hmm. her mom like all like this is a little bit, you know, the time sign of the times, all the girls received a brand new copy of the five roses cookbook as they left home. Like, you know, as they went to college or, yeah. you know, moved away or whatever. And the boys didn't, but when my siblings and I started moving out of the house, then we each got a copy of the five roses cookbook and my brother got one too, because of course my mom was like, wow. Well, wow. You're gonna need your fix. Like, how are you gonna get your five roses food if you don't have the, the cookbook with you? Exactly, and it's kind of funny because um, it was like a classic when we were kids, and then um, and then they uh, our our cookbook was falling apart. It was used so much, mm-hmm. and so I tried to find on Amazon like a new copy, and you couldn't find one. And so I emailed the company and I said, it's so sad that you can't get one of these books anymore, except for like, you know, a vintage copy. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, we still produce them, but you have to send us a letter with a check in it and then we'll mail it back to you. And I was like, I mean, I guess that's how they did it in the old days. I can't believe that's still what you have to do to get this cookbook. But we, we bought like a couple copies of them. And for like one for each of me and my siblings and one for Lack, I think. <laughs> because it, it took like eight weeks for them to send it back.
0: That is some old school style shit. I think that's crazy. That should be in like Amazon. It should be on Amazon. Or eBay or something or somewhere of being like this, because that that is a huge part of Canadian culture. Is that cookbook and the fact that you have to email the company to be like, hey, can I have a book? <laughs> Like that's so, just like I so had to email them. and then they had to write them a physical letter. <laughs> okay, what did you write in the letter? I'm curious.
1: I wrote, like, you know, uh, I contacted your thing, so and so, you know, human resources or whatever. like you're not human resources, I guess, like public relations yeah. told me that I had to send you a letter, and I would like this many of them, and here is my check for exactly this much money. And here's my address. and And it was, and then they like, you know, they, it took a while, but they did come and we were so excited. And it's really interesting because we have the one that my mom got from my grandmother. Mm -hmm. And then we have some from like a couple of friends who like weren't using theirs that they got from their parents when they left home. Yeah. um, At different times. And so we have like a couple different editions. Okay. And every edition is slightly different um like because i read like i you know i was like okay well here's like their gingerbread recipe like you know what's the difference between them and like some of them were like well if eggs are too expensive right now use this substitute okay like butter is too much like you know try this instead like you know um and they would do this interesting thing where they would have like a basic like here's your refrigerator cookie dough recipe Mm-hmm. And then they would have like 12 different variations. You make the dough and then you put chocolate in it. You make the dough, you put um, nuts and okay. and, uh, and like butter pecan kind of flavor. You, you take the dough and you like, you know, put cherries in it. And so they'll have like 12 different kinds of cookies with the same base that, oh, you know, okay. and so they could print a lot of recipes in a small book. Yes. Um, because because it was like, okay, like here's seven seven different pancake recipes. Mm-hmm. Um, the new version doesn't have that as much as it used to. Um, like, cause they would have like charts for like, okay, you need to cook, you know, a chicken this size for this long in this temperature oven, whatever. And they'd have a chart for if your chicken was a little bit bigger or your oven was a little bit hotter, or like um, they even had in the pastry section, it was like, the, you know, if your pastry is feeling in this way, this is what you're doing wrong. Like, oh, if shit. your pastry is feeling in that way, this is mm-hmm. what you're doing wrong. Okay. Um, and it was like, you know, that's, like, my mom knew, a, like, and she could make cookies, my mom can make a mean cookie. Um, but when it comes to, like, pie or whatever she kind of was like oh yeah I know how to make pie I used to make it all the time and then she tried making a pie and it failed (laughs) she was like I don't understand and so I went and I like read the pie section in in that in that cookbook and I was like well mom it failed because this (laughs) she's like how do you know that and I'm like did you read the book the holy grail of Canadian baking for it's like really it's it's very you know Mm -hmm. white cookbook with lots of recipes that were compiled by white Canadians I assume that yes from other cultures they might not have had the exact same you know here's how to make this uh, yeah scone and this chocolate chip cookie and like you know it's very
0: uh I I say British based very British British, based. very yeah. British um but see, that's interesting. So like it was talked about of, of like in our like, culinary of like this is like a very iconic piece of stuff. And like there's a couple recipes. I think it was do not quote me because I've done I've done school. It's been a long time since I've been in school, but I think it was the cheese scones. We we made that from oh, there. Yeah. And I want to say it was some sort of tart probably um, probably it was it was in there but I found that fascinating and I think that's a really good especially being at home because you like you, when you go online and you like want to make something you see the professional photo that goes with it and you look at your product and you're like mine doesn't look that way because it doesn't actually explain Oh like if you were letting the the yeast rise yay, you didn't activate the yeast for long enough or you didn't put uh a, sh- a sugar you didn't put an ad- like an active in there to make your yeast rise or Maybe your house is too humid. Maybe it's not humid enough. Maybe you have a hot spot in your oven. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you didn't let your yeast rise to the correct temperature. Like, there's a lot of moving factors when it comes to baking, and I always found it fascinating in that cookbook that it's like if this is how this turned out, this is X, Y, and Z instead of just Googling it now, and you could be like why did my pastry fall and it gives you like 15 things but it did it doesn't narrow it down it's like if i if i google i have a cough i have cancer right so like it was very nice that it would be like oh okay so my my dough fell so i didn't let it rise enough time or i over mixed it those are kind of like your options right so i i very much do appreciate that now out of that cookbook what are your three favorite recipes to make?
1: I I prepared.
0: Yes, you did.
1: <laughs> i got a notebook full of, full of notes of my favorite recipes. Yes. Um, I really like the carrot cake. Okay. The carrot cake is, like, delicious. And I tend to put, um, like, slivered almonds in. Okay. As well as, like, the carrots. And then it gives it, like, some texture. And it's just really good. Um, and I, like... The pie dough. The pie dough. Like, yeah. Cause and then they have like a million different like, you know, ways to use the pie dough. Mm-hmm. And even like you can take the pie dough and like and then make, you know, a quiche or something. And that's not in the cookbook because again, it's very British based. Yeah. But like um it's a great fast dough that doesn't require a lot of lamination. It's like a rough yeah. puff. Like yeah. with uh, Crisco. Okay. And and so it's very easy to make and very quick. And it is really versatile and there's no sugar in it. Um, And so you can, like, you can make a sweet pie with it because the filling will be sweet enough to, you know, be fine. But you can make a savory dish with it too because there's no sugar. Yeah, of course. Um, And I really like the apple crisp, like the oatmeal, um, oatmeal crisp.
0: Oh, that's definitely, that's definitely some Canadian British. That's like, that's like pure fall right there. Everyone... Everybody has that. That's like my favorite fall dessert minus the cinnamon aspects. Cause I have to make my own if I wanted because this girl's allergic to cinnamon. But oh getting those those oats on top as it's baking with oh fresh God. Ontario apples. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's so bad. Oh my gosh. It's it's a really
1: like and that one's like most of the recipes in there are fairly, you know, foolproof. Yes, Like, you know, you have to have some base knowledge, any baking, you kind of have to have some base knowledge of like, okay, like if you're making a scone or a pie dough, you need your, your, um, your ingredients to be cold. But if you're making a cookie, then you need them to be room temperature, like that kind of thing. But my very favorite recipe actually doesn't come from the five roses. My very favorite recipe came from... This uh, woman who would help out around my mom's house when she was a kid. Okay. she would come in for a couple afternoons a week and do, like, baking and stuff because they couldn't buy bread or whatever um, enough to feed their whole family. So they would bake it because it was cheaper. Yeah. And um, this lady, her name was Ivy, and her husband was uh, actually a cabin boy during the Halifax explosion.
0: Oh, shit. Okay. And a
1: beam in the boat that he was in fell and, like... Gave him a permanent injury. Yeah. So he would work on the farm that my mom grew up on, oh, and okay. and uh, this lady would come a couple afternoons a week and help with the the weekly bake. Okay. And um, and she made these cookies that now like my mom and I we love them so much that we have them every morning with our coffee, and we'll bake like a big batch of them and just freeze them and have yeah. like a, a little bit out at a time, but they are a like a crinkle cookie. With, like, okay. the sugar, like, rolled in a ball with the sugar. Okay. Um, and they're kind of, like, a molasses spice.
0: Okay. There. Okay. That is definitely an East Coast bake, is a molasses cookie. Um, I, like, I like the traditional uh, molasses. It's, a, It's like, a Newfoundland recipe as well. Oh, my. It's, like, a, mol- a ginger molasses uh, thicker cookie. I, I, it's going to bug me now. Oh, I'll have to ask my mom tomorrow. I'm, like, what the other molasses cookie that we always so- used
1: it's, it sounds like the same cookie,
0: yeah. Like the same general kind of cookie. Yeah, so good. You can't like, get shit like that here. There's like not Ontario. No. Well, There's nothing you can like
1: that if you bake it yourself.
0: If you bake it yourself, but you can't just go to like a specialty yeah. bakery and be like, "I want a molasses cookie."
1: Those people are going to be like, "Molasses? What the hell is that?"
0: The fuck's molasses? And I know, and I see, like, I've picked up molasses before. They're like, why do you need that? And I'm like, to bake
1: too because it's delicious it, exactly like, it,
0: by itself it's not delicious but oh like, god no
1: it's anything delicious by itself um see i mean made... full of iron i know see so I... My, my mom's my mom's friend would make her kids eat liver if they had an iron low and my mom would give us cookies
0: yeah molasses because it's it's literally the same idea um i was an anemic child so i always have struggled with uh you know being anemic, and um, that was something they said it was like molasses is really good. So my mom would be like, Here, eat some cookies, and I'd be like, oh, Okay, because I fucking hate lip, I hate so gross. Liver's so gross.
1: Do you know what? This style of molasses cookie has been popping up as like a little two pack, um in costco oh in interesting. toronto interesting so i think it's coming in from like quebec even more interesting okay. um but my favorite kind of bread to make
0: okay what is, is
1: it molasses oatmeal bread
0: oh okay i like that and you're a sweet sweet molasses girl
1: i love molasses like and like i i love it in baked goods specifically mm-hmm. um again because nothing is delicious by itself in baking but <laughs> um yeah molasses oatmeal bread is chef's kiss delicious which I learned when I went to university out in Nova Scotia Mm -hmm. um and then and then I was like well I gotta find out how to make this myself at home and I found a good
0: recipe (laughs) and it's actually pretty easy oh my god I I love that well thank you for sharing um so it it's it sounds like really similar like when it comes to be a professional baker, I'll give you a little background. So um, I didn't really bake a lot as a kid. Um, my mom and my dad separated when I was really young. So my mom kind of got not the short end of the stick, but she definitely, my dad was always a little bit more well-off than my mom because my mom didn't go to college. She kind of just, didn't she just didn't have enough money to go. So she was always kind of doing like temp jobs, you know, whatever to pay the bills, but my dad was a salesman. So my dad always, you know, rolled in the money and then once they separated, my mom didn't really know what to do and she didn't know how to it, it, she didn't know how to bake, but my grandmother, my mom's mom, actually was a huge baker and that was a huge thing my mom remembers, but my mom's mom died when my mom was 9. So, so sad she always kind of felt sad that like she never got the baking gene but she said like it, it's really happy that I got passed down to me it cut it skipped a generation but I've always I've always had an interest in baking I just didn't really know kind of how to start um like I would help my mom bake and stuff but like I would be it, it would be pretty sporadic and my dad I think i'll be 30 by the time this comes out i'll already be 30 and i have never once cooked for my dad because he doesn't want me to cook for him which is really weird being a chef but i mean that's a whole conversation for a therapist in a different podcast so i didn't really do anything i like i helped them once in a while um it wasn't until i had a job at dairy queen I was like early 20s, like not even 20s. I was like 18, 19, 20 in that range. And I really enjoyed cake decorating. It was just another form of being creative. Mm. I've always been a creative person, but this was just another form of being creative because at the time I was going to school to be a graphic designer and I hated it. Fucking hated it because I was just so bored. I'd be like, how many fonts, how many different types of fonts can I create? How many different images can I, you know, change up? Like it just, to me, it's, it, I always found it was, there was an end point, but when I was cake decorating, there was never an end point. You could like, the the possibilities were endless. And I understand with graphic design, possibilities are endless. But to me, I I found ends to them pretty quickly. So I went to, and then I, I fast passed my uh, graphic design then I did culinary. I started cake decorating, and then I went, got into pastry. I quickly got out of pastry to have my seal in fine dining because fine dining has more money than pastry. But let's be honest, kids. That's literally where the money is at. It's not in it's not in bread. It's it's, it's in fine. Definitely food. not in bread. It's it's in fine dining. So, but I did. So I went to Fancha at George Brown in Toronto. And the Stratford Culinary Institute. So I did all three schools and um, I did a co-op that required me to go to many different restaurants every day. So every day they'd send me somewhere else to learn your skill. The reason you have to do that is to get your seal. You have to work X amount of hours to be able to show that you're able to do these things. Like you can't just work a special life for six years and be like, I'm a chef. Like you have to go and do different technician Like uh, different sorry i work i work now with technicians different chefs different chefs had to sign off on your skills and i thought this is something i really wanted to do um i decided when i was done that's actually not what i want to do besides like work for me because i'm a control freak but when it comes to professional baking or industrial baking or commercial baking, they all have the same kind of thing. There's this big misconception like when you watch a movie and they're like, oh, like, look, like I got to make this really fun recipe and this is like on the menu tonight. That's the furthest thing from the truth. Menus are designed months in advance, if not months in advance, at least a couple weeks. Depend. It depends on what type of restaurant. I've worked at restaurants where they they come up with the menu on Sunday for the entire week. I've ha- I've worked at restaurants where it's a month ahead, or it's three months ahead, or six months ahead. It's kind of really whatever the restaurant style was. But you weren't being creative. It actually sucked your soul of being creative because you were just making the same dishes consistently over and over and just because I went to culinary school didn't mean that I got to skip being a line uh, line I was always in line um because that's how you have to start off and and if anything it used to irritate me because I did the same thing when I stepped out of culinary school I was like I went to culinary school and you're gonna respect me and they'd be like get the fucking line you haven't earned your spot like figure your shit out and come talk to me after you've been doing this for 20 years and it was just kind of like, but like they said in culinary school that like I was gonna be like the next like Gordon Ramsay, so like what the fuck? But like it's that's not true. Like you have to work your way up to, and it's a huge respect to get to the top of the the chain in the kitchen. But what I like my time in professional baking was eighteen hour days, uh, making thousands and thousands of cookies and cupcakes and cakes that it just. It kind of sucks the soul out of you, like especially when I got to I worked at I worked at a cake bakery for like two weeks. Kind of as a temp, but just like trying to get I was trying to get my skill of um, buttercream that was on my list of I had to achieve. And I figured if I worked at this place for twenty hours for two weeks every day, cleaning Saturday Sunday, I would be able to get what I needed to move on to the next part of my seal. Do you know how fucking soul-sucking it is to just put white buttercream on thousands of cakes? I couldn't even actually decorate them. I just had to literally put it around and then have the cake decorator continue doing it. Like it was fucking soul-sucking. And that's a huge thing that people don't understand that there's different types of cake decorating that there's just the, here's the icing part. And then you have the actual decorators and the actual decorators, very hard to come by very nice position and you make like two cents more than everybody else and I'm talking you're making five cents more in the minimum wage to begin with and you're working what? these long days
1: like and if you're in Toronto like you can't survive yeah. on minimum wage no like
0: I literally I was fortunate my ex-boyfriend's sister lived right across the street from George Brown like the downtown, like she lived, like I, you could, like I, I went, I took my fiance this past um, September to show him where I went to school and, and the St. like at St. Lawrence Market and stuff. And I was like, oh, I used to live in that building. And I was lucky because I didn't have to have six roommates mm-hmm. to pay my bills. Right. So it was, I, I just kind of found it really soul sucking. And that's something that you'll notice when you start culinary school is you'll have your starting class of like five, 600 people, maybe a hundred people will graduate. Like, I think that's pretty generous of saying a hundred, not saying that professional baking isn't fun. I would say the bakers you work with is more fun than what you will be baking yourself. Um, again, you're working like long days. You're working with really big equipment. As well, like it's not just like your little kitchen aid. like you're working with giant stand mixers, and professional ovens are different than home ovens. It's how I like to describe a highway car versus a city driving car. So a highway car is a fucking road beater. You drive that shit in the highway for a one, two and a half hours every day. It's gonna have a different life than a car that goes stop and go, stop and go, stop and go um with a with a professional oven it's the same kind of thing um it's usually three or four ovens stacked upon each other being a short person I always struggled getting to the top oven I usually had to do the like the the middle or the bottom but they are fucking hot because they never shut off until the end of the night and they are continuously fucking running there's no hot spots there can't be because I need to make sure that everything looks the same. And that's another thing that's soul sucking is you have to follow the recipe to a T. You cannot ever deviate. When you're home baking, you can deviate. You're like, oh, I don't have enough eggs. Oh, like, no, no. If it's a professional bakery, say Sally comes in and gets her scone on every day, it needs to be consistent. And you can tell when the head baker or sous chef baker is out, and you have your temp team in because it tastes different because they didn't follow the recipe. That is a huge thing. The baker you have to follow the recipe to the T. There is no shortcuts. And it, again, it's soul sucking because you want you think like, like oh like I watched like all these cooking shows and I can be creative. There is no creativity when you are a professional baker and working for a like a retail or commercial built place. So it's not fun. Um, it's not what you see on TV. And I I actually, I actively discourage people from going to culinary school because it's a lot of money for a niche that you're not going to probably, it's going to be really hard to get into because everybody on Instagram is like, oh, I can, I can work from home, which yes, you can. Here's the big problem with that. People will not pay the price of what you want to sell it for. I just did a bake sale a couple weeks ago just to, I was, we had like a community day garage sale and I had a a lot of old baking shit I needed to use up. I was like, okay, I'm going to sell some cupcakes. It's probably the only skill I have that someone will pay for at this point. And I had people like wanting like, oh, like, can I get your phone number? And I did. And the lady messaged me two days after. And says, can you make my daughter's birthday cake? And I said, yep, I can. And she's like, okay. As she's like, I want a pink dinosaur cake. And I said, okay, you need to be a lot more specific. How many people, what you're filling, how many flavors, is there allergies? That's like a big one, especially for home baking. Anybody listening to this, you have to say may contain peanuts, dairy, eggs, even if you d- it's not in there, there could be traces. And unless you have your kitchen professionally cleaned every single time, you have to indicate that there may be traces. So I said, I was like, I can never guarantee peanut free. I can never, I'm not spending a hundred, to $200 to get my, my kitchen aid professionally cleaned to ensure because my oven has, has peanut in it. I'd have to have my oven cleaned and all that good stuff. So She wanted to pay me $45 for a two-tiered cake with fondant. And I, yeah. and I I mean,
1: I couldn't, you know, I couldn't make a cake for $45 and I'm just like, you know, you know, me, it'd be like a sheet cake, like, you know, homemade sheet cake, but it would be a sheet
0: cake. It'd be sheet cake, right? And I was like, no, this is going to cost you about $300 plus fondant and time because I have to, I don't have, um. So in professional baking places, especially if there's fondant, there's professional rollers. You've seen them on like cake boss and stuff. They fucking make the difference when it comes to rolling fondant. Okay. I don't know how many times I was dying. Also, some fondants are um are not oh, fuck, um kosher. Some are not. Some are. And, and if you have to make homemade fondant, that's even more trickier. So... She was kosher, and I was like, "Okay, oh, so- oh, oh, I was like, okay, so now we're even coming up to even more pressure." So I was like, "I will give it to you for two fifty," and she said, "I can see why you went out of business. Their prices are unrealistic." And I was like, "I have to make homemade fondant from scratch." You gave me a specific, you didn't, like, you can't just be like, I want a pink dinosaur. She gave me like a fuchsia. I can't just go, let's go to that fuchsia. Like I have to physically use my color theory, which for my first diploma, because I have literally a diploma for colors. Like that's, that's how cool that $10,000 piece of paper is. It just basically says that I know how colors work, but I have to physically make that color. Okay. That's going to take me a long time to be able to make that color. Then I have to make this cake, I have to decorate this cake, and you've given me three days. Like, I can't, I work a full-time job, like, I can't do this. And then I was talking to somebody about, they're like, yeah, you know, like, they, they could have gone to, like, Cake Boss, or, like, uh, Cake Boss, Chick Chick Boss. I don't know if there is any in Toronto, but they're really popping up here as Chick Boss. For cakes. In, I don't think so. In Ontario. I, I don't,
1: don't
0: think I've, I've never heard of it. That's fair. Uh, so, so Chick Boss is basically like, if you want like a fun specialty cake, like you, you go to them and they're about 65 to hundred bucks. And they're like, yeah, but Chick Boss is 65 to a hundred. I'm like, they're a professional bakery. They, this is what they do for me to be able to make one, two, ter- I have to buy all of the ingredients for one cake. If mm-hmm. I was making... It's the, it, it's the same if I was making three cakes or five cakes it's I would make more money at five I would charge less but because it's a one-off yeah it's gonna cost me a lot and that was a main reason I stopped baking from home is because people thought I was fucking Tim Hortons and you could just walk in and be like okay I want one lemon cupcake and one oreo cupcake and one uh sprinkle cupcake like People, but people have to understand that's one lemon base, so I have to make one lemon base, two vanilla. I just got so good to being like you. You pick your base, and then I uh, you 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 decide filling and icing because I got so tired of it. I want one raspberry, one strawberry, one blue. I'm like, so I have do to take a wait. Industrial
1: industrial things can do that, like home. Bakers
0: cannot, right?
1: Like, I I, like to knit, and I would never sell knitting projects. Like, I'll donate them. Yeah. But I have to come in from the knowledge that, like, nobody wants to pay Mm -mm. enough for this hat that it costs for the yarn.
0: No. And people want to charge me a dollar per cupcake. A dollar. A dollar. You can't get a dollar
1: per cupcake at, like, anywhere. I don't care if it's, like, you know, Walmart.
0: Right, because the thing is that Sobey's, so it's six cupcakes for four ninety nine. So that works out to just about like ninety seven cents here for a cupcake. Yeah, but they were made two thousand at a time. They already made their profit like, like a long
1: time ago, and then they froze them and shipped them.
0: Exactly, because I I I had a dream. I wanted to work at the Cakery, which is in London that is where all the like the cakes are made like any grocery store cake is made at this one place and I thought this would be a really cool place to work and like learn how to make no it's all fucking done you just kind of sit there and like take the like the pre-stop and just make sure that it's all like a slab if it's a slab cake it's a slab cake um so I never really have like the best experience when it came to being on the professional side in places I was always such a liability as well because I had so many allergies that, like if it was pumpkin season like I couldn't make any of the pumpkin stuff so I kind of just basically I was unhirable but I knew that going into it because I wanted to work for myself but it, again, I didn't realize it was like 16 hours, like 16 hour days. Like my feet would hurt. My back would hurt. You have to start at like four in the morning. And I would tell people because bread class was at 2 a.m. Because you had to have t- 2 a.m. was bread class because you had to get it. You had to literally make everything, have it out for 7 a.m. Because we would also sell it at school. So that's a thing. That was something they wanted to teach you. If you're a breakfast place and you have fresh bread, you have to start being at work at 2 a.m. So fresh bread is ready by 6 a.m. for people he- heading off to work. And that scared people away. And I remember working 2 a.m. to 8 p.m. That was a very common Oh, Jesus. Shift. That's, that's, that's long, right?
1: That's way, like, you know, because then, like, how long have you got before you're back at work? Like, two hours? Six hours. hours. Like- Six
0: hours. Uh, I had I had friends that were chefs that actually just used to just live in the restaurant they'd have a cot and they'd sleep all the time that's a huge thing geez like it's kind of like it's
1: well it's kind of like I remember when I was in high school I needed to get a part-time job so I decided I love to swim I'll be a lifeguard never enjoyed swimming again
0: no it takes the joy out of it like if you like to hobby bake Stick with hobby baking. Make that your hobby. Do not make it a career. You are not going to open up that cute bakery. Maybe you will one day, but you what people don't understand is, yeah, like say like my baking, my my baking company is LR, LR cupcakes. That's that's my um my Ontario registered business name. I have to have a financial backer. If I ever want to do anything. And most restaurants have three, four, five silent partners and they know nothing about the food industry. They just want paychecks. So then you're putting pressure on someone who doesn't know the food industry and they don't understand of like what it's like to not make a profit because that's very common as well. You don't make profit. You don't, like if you want to open a restaurant, you don't make, you don't make profit. And it was funny that it was talked about on Vanderpump Rules that like Lisa, Van- for Tom for the first year, they they made profit. And Lisa's like, that never happens. It usually takes five years to make profit. That's a well-established restaurant takes five years to profit. Normal bakeries, 10-year profit, maybe. At the 10-year mark, you might start being in the green every year. And that's you why they mentioned the
1: debt. Like, and the that debt would have that- accumulated.
0: Exactly. And then front of house staff of house staff, okay? Are they sick? Are they, are they reliable? That was a huge thing like we were talking about before this is I used to work long days because what if someone prep called in sick? We can't we, we, we're, not, we're not gonna prep our meat. We're not gonna prep our vegetables for the Saturday rush. No. And there's no one else to cover you. Like your shifts literally say three am to done. Done could mean anything. Done could mean 11 a.m. Done could mean 4 p.m. I once worked a shift from four in the morning to 10 p.m. at night. And I had to be back at 4 a.m. the next day to keep working, to not complain, to not be like, to not do say anything. To make at the time, I think minimum wage was like $11. I think I made 11 10 an hour. And they, and there's no lunch breaks. There's no breaks. You keep going until you're not, until you're done. And then you collapse. So that's like a main thing is I never thought I was going to have a husband. I didn't think I was going to have kids. I thought I was going to be married to my job. But when I met my fiance and then I had sat, I'm like, I want to see him and I want to be with him and I can't have a restaurant and a partner. I can't do it.
1: Like I know the longest shifts I ever worked was like in a, in a very different section of the food industry. I worked, um, like as I said, my mom grew up in a farm. Yeah, and um, I have she she has six siblings, and five of them became farmers. Mm-hmm. Um and so one of one of my uncles uh, is a vegetable grower and so for summer jobs in university I would work at the vegetable farm kind yeah. of like running the warehouse section with all the coolers. And uh you know it was so funny because a lot of people in the food industry are not knowledgeable about what actually goes into any aspect of it. Yes. Like like they'll be like Okay, we're having a sale on asparagus. we you know, we need like a thousand cases of asparagus. Mm-hmm. And we're like, well, we have zero cases of asparagus. You're like, what are you talking about? It's asparagus season. It's like, has it been raining for the last three
0: weeks? Exactly. Yes, it
1: has. No asparagus. Like- mm-hmm.
0: People think food comes from the grocery store. They don't realize what actually goes into food. And that's something that I, is a huge irritation for me as being a chef. Of being, you have no idea how much. So, say it's like a, a steak at Sobeys. Great example. It's now a ten a twenty five dollar steak on sale for fifteen dollars, and people are passing it up. I'm like, do you know how much water, how much grain, how much time went into making this tiniest little steak, and you're not going to get it because tiny little brown spot on there. Get the fuck out of here. It's going to taste great. It's just people get a little, you know, oh, but it's not perfect. It's like the perfect apple theory or the perfect pepper theory. I'm not going to buy this pepper because it's not the shape of a pepper. Who gives a fuck? It is full of GMOs. It's not the actual shape the food was originally intended to be on. That's how we modified it so we can make it as big as possible. If you ever want to like freak out your minds, everybody, Google what food actually used to look like before preservatives. It would fucking blow your mind or food science of mixing different genes together to make stuff holy shit so like personally I'm not
1: like so concerned about like GMOs or whatever because I'm like you know what people have like people have been eating like whatever they could get their hands on since like the dawn of time and yeah it might not be great for you but like it like you know it's partially what we've uh, you know over like the span of thousands and thousands of years like you know people are like oh, is this good to eat? Well, you know, so-and-so died eating it, so maybe you don't eat that. <laughs> you know. See, and, no, go ahead, go ahead. And, um, but like, again, like people don't understand what goes into food because a lot of my relatives are in dairy farming. Yes. And people don't understand like the level of, uh, people are like, well, why is this stuff that's grown in Canada or made in Canada or like Canadian milk is really expensive compared to milk in other places? For one thing, you know, we have long winters, That affects the the crops. Absolutely. It affects the crops um, and the cows and everything. Um, But the other thing is that we have, like, really super high standards. Yes. And, like, to keep those high standards, like, I had to, like, write notes on, like, every skid of lettuce that came into our warehouse. Like, I had to, like, keep... Um, documentation and like if it had gone bad then they'd be able to trace it back so close and like they would come in for random inspections all the time absolutely and and like same thing with like the milk and people are like well why is it so expensive and it's like do you realize that owning a farm is a very precarious business to be in like yes it's super expensive it's so time consuming and like you know it's so up to, like, people who don't understand. Like, exactly. Consumers don't understand. The people no. ordering the groceries on, like, for the grocery stores don't understand. Like, the people no. running the grocery stores don't understand. Like, no. you know, it just, people don't understand.
0: They they don't. And I think a big thing is, like, throughout the pandemic, like, things are expensive. Like, you say, okay, so say, like, your carton. Like, you're, you buy the physical carton. Not the milk but the curtain that it goes in has now gone up say two hundred percent maybe yeah. it used to cost you two dollar a dollar fifty cents now it's costing you a dollar fifty so you have to then mark your stuff up to go to match it my girlfriend Rachel uh it was a dairy farmer uh a uh, Windsor dairy farmer uh she, they family sold the farm she's moved up to Peterborough and now has her own farm also love you rachel i know you listen to these podcasts love you um and it, she, like i will talk i would talk to her dad all the time of like what it's like to be a dairy farmer and the misconceptions that comes with being farming of basically oh like it's fine like look we got strawberries like i've seen her crops strawberries suck i hate strawberries okay <laughs> like, I,
1: I, I love to consume strawberries but when <laughs> i was working on the farm and we were growing strawberries yeah. like strawberries are a nightmare
0: yeah but the thing the thing is is consumers don't know that consumers don't know what goes into planting a one strawberry seed how much work how much effort and the standards that shit has to go through especially for pesticides and making sure that shit doesn't eat your stuff imagine like having the best uh, ontario corn to then have an animal destroy it, and you can't sell it or it's a, it's a dry, please, please correct me. I don't know if it's either dry or wet when it comes to corn that you want, but whatever the opposite one that you want. Well, we have, we had a dry or wet, wet summer. So no, there's barely any corn. Right. Yeah. And like,
1: I think, I think either can be, a, you know, it has to be just right.
0: It has right. To be just right. It has know? to be just right. But that even, we're even talking about soil at that point. Where, where's the where's the sun? Where's the soil? What type of soil is it? She like she'll go into full detail about it, I'll or like, like the crops being rotated properly, like you yep. know, or the the I th- is it the three sisters? So it's the corn, the corn, squash and squash beans, beans. I think, yeah, it, uh, an ancient um native practice of pra- making sure that they all form with each other because it, one protects the other, basically. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know that they're like, oh, cool, it's carrots, awesome. Why is my bag of carrots now six bucks? That's like because the farm do
1: you know what I find really funny is like, like why does this potato have dirt on it? I that's mean, right. I'm sorry, but this potato is dirty and it's like um do you realize their roots? Yeah. Do you realize dirt on
0: it? You had to fucking plant them to like that's why we wash our vegetables, kids. But like a a big thing um is uh like obviously foodborne illnesses, especially salmonella and lettuce. That is huge. And I've had, I've had people be like, well, salmonella comes from chicken. So how's lettuce get it? And you're like, how do you think it's being fucking packaged and sorted? My friend, it's going to a, like a grand River foods or a distribution center. It's all being packaged together. All you Probably have that is bit,
1: like, if you're, if you're fertilizing your soil, a lot of that is poop. Yeah. You know, this kind of poop, that kind of poop, cow poop, chicken poop, whatever it's poop. Like,
0: yeah exactly and they're like oh but look i don't understand oh. or like another really big misconception is most people associate uh getting food poisoning from going out to eat most food poisoning actually comes from your home because your your, your uh, cutting board's not clean correctly because what kills me is using the same cutting board to eat for vegetables fish and chicken and the same knives for all three. Oh my god like, I have frying pans that just say beef. Frying pans that just says chicken. Knife that says chicken. I keep it all together. That is something that you will learn in culinary school to help can stop cross-contamination. Because mm-hmm. that's a huge problem. And home baking could happen. Professional baking. That could shut your place down. Like, that. Yeah. Like, it is bred into you to never cross-contaminate. Ever and no licking your fingers, even though it's so easy to do if you're hungry because you've worked twelve hours and you've not eaten and you're like no one's gonna notice. No, it that is oh, how you just eat this
1: cookie, you know, and then it's like it's over. You, you ate it over a bowl of batter or something, and then the batter's ruined or whatever. It,
0: exactly right. So it's just like, oh, there's there's a lot that goes into it, but I will I will say if I have to. I have to pick one baking story I worked at a good it's a good baking story um I worked at what was I I think it was Starlight or Star Sprinkle uh it was it was it was in Toronto it's long gone now it was just like a little pop-up place and I was making like basically cookies and this little girl came up and she's like Cause like, she's like, oh, can I get a cookie? I was like, yeah, for sure. And she's like, oh, like, did you make these? I said, I did. I I did making, I'm just about to, you know, leave for the day. And she's like, can you put a smile on my cookie? And I was like, of course. So I walk back and I put a little smiley face on the cookie and I give it to her. And she's like, thank you. And just ate it. And to her, that meant nothing. It meant nothing to her. She's just like this, this random lady put a smile on my cookie. But to me, it was just, I got to... Make this product. They don't know it's me making it. I've just have happen-, happen to be the one restocking the shelves. This little girl, I was like, "Can I my cookie?" And I'm like, "Absolutely." There you go. So it's, nice. It's just those like little interactions to me really make like made cooking fun, or just having a good batch of cupcakes, or having a good, or making like a specialty order for like. I had a woman who was trying to get pregnant for 10 years, finally got pregnant. And then she was doing a baby shower and she was crying her eyes out as I was taking her order because she got, finally got this. So food is very emotional. Food connects us all. So it, sometimes I I would always just think about what am I making what is this occasion for especially if it's like for like a 95th birthday or a first birthday like to me that's how i like i remember birthdays sometimes by cakes i mean just being a baker right but you'd be like oh my god like this cake is so good or this is so cool like look at that like it's just it's just it's fun right i would think out of the shitty years i had in culinary school and the shitty years i did baking it's the little milestone moments when I would talk to somebody or they'd, they'd send me an email or be like, I oh, thank you so much to the the baking staff this weekend. Like they did a really good job with this cake or um, thank you so much for making a specialty cake for me or just something on the lines of that. Like that is what I love to hear is the positive feedback. Like for the bake sale that I did, I sold out cupcakes pretty quickly. I, I was like walking to the bus station because i was like heading to london and the guy stops me like, he's like running in his tracks i was like hi sir like are you okay he's like i was, like, she's, she's like i just want to tell you you made the best car i've ever had in my life like thank you i was like thank you thank you thank you thank you it's just kind of like feeling appreciated of being like i got to bring joy to someone's day not even thinking that I brought them joy because I've made them I've made like six 700 cupcakes today but to them that's a for an occasion or a celebration mm-hmm. or something like that so I would say to me that is this the side of cooking that is the best part of cooking in my personal opinion is the, is the thank yous and the appreciation part mm-hmm. everything else sucks <laughs>
1: oh my gosh it's like I don't know I kind of look at like because now that I haven't worked for a while, yeah. um, and, you know, in, in some ways, like it sucks that I can't work, but yeah. in some ways I have to look at it. Like, I don't have to work yeah. because I can't. So, you know, and now I look at any job and, and mom's like, wouldn't that job be fun? And I'm like, no job's fun. No job is fun. No job is fun. Like,
0: no, I've never had a super fun job. Maybe being Stassi, maybe Stassi's more fun, but it's not like a full-time job especially not right now um, well, and I
1: think if it was your full-time job it wouldn't be fun
0: no because I would be like always pushing out content more than I am doing right now or always trying to push boundaries and all that good stuff I mean do I hope to make this my full-time job one day fuck yeah I'd be I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't but I just want to do something that I, I enjoy like the job I currently have it pays the bills says the least um learning a lot I mean if they fired me at the end of the year I wouldn't be shocked I wouldn't be shocked if they fired me in two weeks because I'm it's just it's just a job I'm not used to right mm-hmm. but yeah jobs are awful but and some people like like their job and I if you're listening to if you're listening to this and you like a job you're doing it right But for the rest of us, I sometimes I feel like we take whatever job we can get because we have to pay the bills, but we don't actually get to do what we like. Mm Because I used to think icing 600 cupcakes a day would bring me joy. That didn't bring me joy. And then I thought working in a fine dining restaurant, well, that's going to bring me joy. That fucking definitely didn't bring me joy. Or I'm going to go do X, Y, and Z. That, That didn't bring me joy either, right? So- it's just trying to find happiness when you get older it's yeah it's hard well and like
1: the sometimes the hard thing is that you you know you bake a whole pile of
0: cookies and then you're like i know how to find happiness gonna eat all the cookies right but then the older you get like the more weight you gain that comes with it that's why i stopped baking i when i was in culinary school i you have to eat everything you make like literally on my personal instagram not my saucy, my real Instagram page. The tagline is do not trust a skinny chef. Mm-hmm. Do not trust them. They do not eat their food. I used to cook everything in butter because that is what culinary culinary school 101. Butter is in every dish ever go. So I cooked everything in butter. I fried everything because that's what they teach you. And you get really fat or high cholesterol of being like, I'm just gonna eat butter every day. Um, and it's expensive.
1: Like, I mean, like, I understand that you know, dairy farmer family, like, yeah, I understand that it's expensive to produce, yes. but it is expensive to eat.
0: Oh my god, I literally had to go buy butter a couple of weeks ago, Walmart, nine dollars, nine dollars for butter. I was like, get the fuck out of here if that was sobeys or a specialty store yeah i'll pay the nine dollars but not walmart who crushes their competitor crushes anybody to the point of them not making money to sell a product mm-hmm. so no no yeah no, it no sucks. Sucks. i agree you know what doesn't suck though home baking home baking home- is fabulous home baking is the way to go if you like baking You do not have to go to culinary school to have a career. There's lots of people I know who are more successful than I will fucking ever be when it comes to baking. And they are self-taught. And that is something that I like about cooking and baking is you don't have to go to the best of the best. You don't have to go to colomb Bleu in Paris and you don't have to work under the best chefs. Some people are just naturally born with cooking and some people, it, it just doesn't come naturally to them. And that's okay on e- in either direction. But I think when it comes to cooking and baking, it's you learn what you want to learn. Not everybody's going to be the next, you know, top chef out there and not everybody's going to go on a reality show, but of what it's like to be a you know chef or black box mm-hmm. challenges, which I've done my fair share of black box challenges because that's literally what culinary exams are at the end is black box challenges. Cause that's fun.
1: So I have to ask you something.
0: Share yes, sure, it on you, me. For home cooks,
1: like, um, do you have any like tips and tricks that you would want to share?
0: Oh. Um, uh, yep. Yeah, I I I was like, I was wondering if you, I was, I wonder if you were gonna ask me that because um, I was gonna wonder if Alicia tomorrow was gonna ask me the same question when it comes to food industry. Also, that podcast will be out in a couple weeks or next week, so listen to the food industry one. Um, yeah, so I would say tips and tricks is you don't have to go out and buy the most expensive expenses of things. Um, just kind of look at brands to see, like, like have the the best thing you can own is a good frying pan, a good knife set. Um, a nice cutting board. Like you don't have to be like, oh, I'm going to go buy the $500 frying pan. No, it's just a name. Honestly, I'm a T-fowl girl and a rock girl. I love the rock everything. If you're in Canada, crappy tire puts them on sale, 30, 35 bucks for a nice frying pan. To me, I have like seven seven or eight different frying pans that I just love. Uh, something as well is learn... Uh, cooking temperatures when it comes to food. Learn what a fully cooked chicken breast is. Don't, and you learn, like, have a meat thermometer. I always have a meat thermometer in my pocket. I don't serve anything with, without a meat thermometer. I want to double check. Um, don't overseason your food. Um, honestly, all you need is salt and pepper. If you're doing it right, you just need salt and pepper. What else can I offer? Um... Oh, when you're making bread, do not over whip it um with your KitchenAid. Kind of gauge it and see how it goes and and always add sugar. And I I add maple syrup because I can't add honey because I'm allergic to honey. But uh 2 teaspoons of sugar and a teaspoon of uh, maple syrup will really activate your yeast and kind of just make your bread a little bit better. Um, and also when if you're making bread, like don't load it up with a bunch of shit. Just have a classic dough. And if you want to start making bread, do not start with fucking sourdough. Start small, make your yeasty peasant bread. I just taught my fiance how to make a peasant bread. And he's like, this is easy. I'm like, yeah, because you work your way up to it. Um, I can give a lot more examples about cupcakes because i I've made, like, 10,000 cupcakes. No, that's a lie. I've made way more than 10,000 cupcakes in my career, probably. You know what's funny is I hate
1: making cupcakes. I love making cupcakes. I would rather make a sheet cake or something, but I have, like, my hands are not very steady. And so when I make cupcakes, I get batter all over the place, and you need to wipe it up, and it never wipes fully and it burns.
0: Sorry, I can't stand sheet cakes. I, like, they're, like, my fucking death to bear. Uh, So cupcakes, I'm going to give you some tricks of the trade, everybody. So... Write this down. Save the sound bit to everybody. I've made a lot of cupcakes in my career. This is the secret to how my cupcakes last for seven days. Fresh. Seven days. You couldn't, if I gave you a cupcake on the seventh day, you wouldn't know it was the seventh day. Tin foil is your best friend. So I use the tin foil cupcake holders. They're expensive. Um, um, Wilton carries them and also Reynolds they're they come in thirty six like a pack of thirty six you any, running anywhere from three fifty to four bucks. That is your best friend. Why keeps the moisture and oil in because if you use paper it leaks out. Also tin foil cooking trays. Here's the reason I cook with tin foil and tin foil. What a lot of people don't know when you bake cupcakes is, or bake anything in a metal tray, it continues to cook afterwards. But tinfoil loses its heat in about 80 seconds after coming out of it. So it's no longer extra cooking, which takes the moisture out. So I, co- I, I cook tinfoil with tinfoil. It will keep the moisture locked in and doesn't continue to overbake while having the cupcakes come out. That is my best advice I can tell anybody who's baking. People know me as the fun uh, liner lady because I always have the fun liners because you can actually also see the liners because the oil and the butter and the eggs have not seeped through. So that's my best advice. Um, Silicone icing bags are your best friend. I've had the same set since I started culinary school. They have lasted me 12 years. They are absolutely amazing. Um, I have different sizes and everyone knows it's my, my piping bags. They're very easy to clean. um, Very easy to handle, especially if you have a handle on the top. I have smaller ones because I have smaller hands. And that's something as well. If you have bigger hands, like you'll learn how to, you know, I don't know I can't even say I was but like baking and stuff like having mm-hmm. it down it, it comes down to a science Um, I know it says to always hold your icing bag on a 75 degree angle when you're like icing you could you can do like a 90 or like a 95 degree angle it really just depends on like what you're comfortable with so I usually pipe with my right hand to holding my left a lot of people use their left to their right uh, it depends what hand you are if you're dominant in what else can I give? Uh, less is more when it comes to cupcakes. Like, don't go crazy with like fun fillings and shit. Like, it's like, don't do it, and especially food coloring. Be very cautious, especially with using red food coloring in cakes. It leaves a really disgusting, bitter taste to it and also makes the cake expire faster. So be mindful of that, especially um, the Wilton red it will make your cake expire one or two days earlier. I can't tell you why. I don't know what it is, but there's something about the Wilton red food coloring just destroys it. Um, I'm just trying to think of like anything else I can give and uh, experiment. Um, I love to experiment with flavors. I'm really into food science right now. So I like to push the boundaries of, I don't have any lemons, but how can I make this taste acidic? Or, um what if i mixed coconut and almond and strawberry and blueberry like how would that taste and all on all that good stuff and trying to continuously keep um evolving and and changing up food and making really fun flavors at this point i am known for my cupcake liners and my flavors people go crazy for flavors so and also know if you're starting to bake, not everybody's a cake decorator, not everybody's a baker. You're you're kind of really one or the other. And don't feel sad if you if you're just not a baker. That's okay. I uh, find cooking
1: and baking is like you know some people are like really great at cooking because it's more art. Like I consider it more artsy because it's more it's less of a science. Yes. Less of a you must do exactly this, otherwise your bake will not turn out. Exactly. If so you're, you're cooking. And, and vice versa, like if you're, if you're more of a baking person, then people are like, well, you're, you know, your stuff isn't flavorful or fun cooking because you just follow the recipe. Exactly.
0: It, exactly. So it's just kind of like finding what works well for you. And then also my final advice is if you're starting to do cake decorating, do not get discouraged in the first year that your cakes don't look like they do on Instagram um, those are very heavily edited edited photos. Um, and that could also not be the first time they've made that cake. And that's something I want to stress is it's kind of like the Sims. We show you what you want to see. Yes, I look at this beautiful pe- like this beautiful cupcake or this beautiful cake. That could have been the third or fourth cake we've made that day. It's not always the first time. And as a chef, um, I make cooking mistakes all the time I will curdle cream I just curdled cream two weeks ago when I was making homemade alfredo sauce I was fucking pissed because I was I wasn't paying attention right you got busy shit happens mistakes happen you have to keep pushing through and just start small I was I was I again I was just picking my nose I was like oh fuck my 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 my, uh, cream curdled but that happens you're like okay I'm not going to let this happen again and take every food mistake you have as an experience of being, okay, so this didn't work out because taking it all the way back to our cooking book, well, maybe my cake didn't rise enough because I didn't put enough baking soda in. I literally talked on the podcast with uh, Go Debug Yourself that one of the first cakes I ever made exploded because I had too much baking soda too much baking soil and oil, baby. That's what it does. It explodes.
1: Oh my gosh. That's, I mean, I'm in retrospect, it's a funny story, but I'm sure in the day of it was like, oh,
0: meh. oh fuck. Yeah. I almost you were probably looking
1: forward you know, to some cake and then. Oh yeah.
0: I had my, my brother-in-law's cake I made from this year exploded as well because I, I had over mixed it too much. There were too many air bubbles. Oh, final thing. Get your air bubbles out of your cake literally take your cake pan or whatever it is and fucking smash it on the counter and you will see the air bubbles rise less air bubbles in cake so people don't do that and I was like makes sense but anyways yeah
1: like I find like temperatures makes a big difference like when I make cookies I'll refrigerate the dough overnight yes like
0: you have it's a that comes with time also knowing if you're a home baker where your hot spots in your oven are that's very important. And if you don't know how to do it, I take four glasses of water in a heat uh, safe container or whatever, put them in the four corners of your oven. Put the oven on 375 for 20 minutes. After, take it out, see what's actually 375. That will tell you where your hot spots are in your oven. Every home oven has a hot spot. I don't care if you have a $20,000 oven. One part of your oven will always be hotter than the other. That's just how ovens are made, especially home ovens versus commercial ovens. So I know, or I also know that my 375 on my oven is actually true 335. Mm -hmm. So I know if I want to, if I need to bake something or cook something, I need to gauge accordingly uh, don't always just go by a 425 or a 325 or a 350. Know your oven to ensure how hot your oven truly is. Because if something might not be coming out correctly, it could be, could be your oven is too hot or too cold, and you just don't know. So, I hope that was a verbal diarrhea for everybody to like listen. <laughs> but no one ever asks me for cooking tips anymore. No one ever does. My fiance does once in a while, but like no one's just like, "Hey John, like." talk to me about baking. And I'm like, okay, take a seat, (laughs) lads. I've horror stories for days. (laughs) I almost failed at a culinary school because I couldn't make macrons. I think that's like, see, that's one thing. That's, That's
1: one tip I have from home bakers to home bakers is like, there are some things that it's not worth learning how to make. Yeah. Like, you know what? Like if you, if you have like a bakery where you can go and get like Mm -hmm. like close to my house in Toronto we have this really schmancy French bakery and we're always like and and people are like well why would you spend that much money on something and it's like because if you want that specific thing yeah you need to get it there if you want a croissant go to a French bakery yeah and and spend your five dollars or something on the one croissant and enjoy it yep and then like don't get another one for a year or something Mm-hmm. like if you don't have money to spend on croissants but don't go to costco and no. get like the big thing of like 20 you know like
0: they're not they're not the same thing that's not like, a french croissant that is a mass-produced croissant made at a factory i think it's um uh, oh what's oh fuck 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 it's not milton it's uh that's think like weston
1: or something yeah or? yeah west
0: yeah weston yeah it's literally, it's made there and it's like distributed out. That's yeah. not a French pastry.
1: No, like, or like you get these, like, like you can buy like macarons at like um, Costco, like don't, don't buy them. They're no. not real. They're not this no. real thing. And even if like, even if you have like a French chef making you a macaron, you have to eat it like within half an hour. Yes. Because if you let it sit for
0: longer than that, then it's destroyed. Yep. Well, that, that was the whole thing when I was like making them, I was like, oh my God. I took me 12 tries to finally pass my Macrons. And my teacher, he, like, he knew me like we were friends. And I think he just passed me because he felt really bad. But my first ones exploded. My second ones burnt. Um, They just, they would fall flat or too thick. Like it was just, I couldn't get the right consistency. It's a very hard thing to make and it looks really easy online but there are ones online that are not actually macrons and that bothers me they just look like macron but they're
1: not yeah oh I imagine because like it's it's like an entirely different kind of flour and it's so expensive like Mm -hmm. the the ingredients for it and stuff and I'm just like you know what I it's not worth it. it it's like a steak I don't know how to cook steak. So if I'm going to eat a steak, I should go get a steak at a restaurant.
0: Okay, baby because girl. I would destroy
1: a, I would destroy I, a
0: shake of steak. A steak is my like. I specifically, when I got to fine dining, was meat. I can teach you how to make the best steak, and all it is is a top sirloin, enough butter to kill your like to die of a heart attack, salt and pepper. That's the only things you need, and mm-hmm. I have it down to a science on how to cook it properly um, I will teach you one day. Like people will ask me to make steak for them when like, like people will bring their steaks to me when they come to my house. So I will make steak for them. And it comes out perfectly every time. There's just something about steaks and meat that I can get to the point. It's like, we like sheet cakes. You're like, I got this. And I'm like, (laughs) fucking sheet cake.
1: (laughs) Well, and it's like, even like stuff that you cook more often, Mm -hmm. like I make, I make the, the the molasses cookies we call them ivy cookies because that was the lady who made them okay um so the ivy cookies i make them regularly because we eat them every day yes um with our coffee in the morning and like you know people say oh never get a piece of equipment in your kitchen that you can only use for one thing and it's like if you're going to be using it often yeah get the thing that only does one thing like you know the cookie scoop that measures the exact amount of cookie dough or like, you know, the pastry blender that, mm-hmm. it only blends pastry, but like, it, otherwise there's like, it's the only thing that does what it is. Like other than cutting it with two knives, but that doesn't really work.
0: Exactly. And invest. Like I've had, which my KitchenAid, I got the professional one, Um, I used to be able to get my Costco, you can't get them anymore. I think it's like the 8,000... 000... I know it's a six, I know there's a six thousand, no, it's an eight thousand. It's a little bit more on the industrial side. I use that shit for everything. Fucking everything. Mashed potatoes, go in there because I'm too goddamn lazy to mash my own potatoes now. But I like I a, everything by hand. I mix it all by hand. Fuck that. Fuck everything. Well, that's a home cell versus professional. I just put shit in a mixer and I'm like, I have 20 other things I gotta do. <laughs> well, I
1: think part of it is that like I make big batches. And okay. them okay. and like the only mix I've ever had the opportunity to use is like the basic you know first my first kitchen aid or whatever that my sister owns yeah and like you know it's like the easy bake oven easy bake kitchen aid. <laughs> and it is it is a kitchen aid but like and so the bowl is so small that I can't make double batches of anything and so I'm just like I'd rather mix it by hand because <laughs> it's such a pain in the ass to make like one batch at a time
0: Okay, I want to confirm when you say mixing by hand, are you talking a hand mixer? Are you talking fucking literally with your hand? Like Like if I'm
1: making if I'm making like a cake or something, then I'll use a hand mixer. Okay. But if I'm making cookies or something like that or scones, I'll mix my hand. Okay, you have to come to my a wooden stick.
0: You have to come to my house now, enjoy kit, because I can do three I could 36 cookies I can make in kit, no problem. Because it's it's a big bowl, right? And I'm like Mm -hmm. Oh, mashed potatoes go in there. Oh, pull I like to pull my pull my pork in there too. Oh, that would be delicious. Yeah, all I do is um instead of the whip, because I whip everything because I like whip food, it's just the cake batter one. You throw it in there with your pork somewhat cooked, throw it in there, you're good to go. Does all the shredding for me, and I'm continuing on doing other things. That is something you, like like with and the- it's so it's
1: so personal. Like, you have to experiment with different things because it's, like, you know, this works for one person, but it yes. definitely doesn't work for another person.
0: Hey, I'm in awe of you of doing shit by hand, my friend. I'm too goddamn lazy to do shit by hand. I made bread. So, fun story. After I got my appendix out in December, um, I was watching Yellowstone. Because what else do you do besides literally fall in love with Beth and uh, Rip? Um. so but my mom wanted me to eat bread and the doctor specifically told me to stay away from carbs for a couple days because I couldn't get bloated because that could affect the stitches that were where my appendix once was and the stitches on my ovaries where the giant cyst was so I was like I was like mom I don't eat bread guess what I had to make I had to make bread because I was like starving but I didn't want my fiance to know I was making bread I mean I eventually told him because he fucking found the bread but um I did it by hand and that was the the first time I'd like made bread by hand probably since first year of culinary and I was like oh my god I'm just fucking sitting there my hands trying to like get everything and that is I wish I could have more patience for that I'm just so lazy now that I like to have things do things for me. I'm sure we've all seen the BuzzFeed um, articles of being like, oh, like this is a carrot, electric carrot peeler versus here's a hand one. I'm electric, do everything for me type of girl because I want to focus on either making a nice homemade sauce or doing something like that. I don't have a team behind me of doing mm. stuff. This is a one woman show. And if a machine can do something for me, I'm gonna take it. But I appreciate I bow to you, my friend. Of well, I think part of it hand. is that I have
1: free time. That's fair. I have a lot of free time.
0: Yes. Um,
1: and and uh yeah. And so if you have like a lot of free time and you're just enjoying the process of it, or I find like I get a better texture because I'm not as an expert at like making sure that the texture of the dough is correct or whatever, that is fully mixed or whatever. Mm -hmm. If I don't have it like, you know, in my hands working in, but, and I think another thing is that you, you talk about how you're like, um, a, a less tall like you know or like not as tall as average I'm like six feet tall you're six feet tall and I'm the short sibling my sister is six four
0: Uh, girl I thought you were like my height (laughs) no No,
1: my family's Dutch like we're, we're all tall my dad was six six like
0: oh my god Oh my god! So like, you actually have to like crouch down to do things then to get to. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. like I like, like height of
1: everything. Like if I like so if I like well like so if I'm like you know kneading bread dough or something I'm just like leaning my weight into it, um on top of our extra tall counter. Like as opposed to like, so I think that like makes a difference too.
0: Like, yeah you actually have fucking body strength that you can do that shit I well, need even- to be
1: a massage therapist like it's all about like because people think oh like massage therapy
0: you have to be really strong you're like no you just have to lean on the person yeah you just have to be able to put the pressure where the pressures need to be needed or lean in some oh my god oh, this is like our third podcast I swear I thought I'm like if you would have given me a million dollars I would have guessed five one or five two no
1: no I'm, like, six. Like, I'm, like, a little shy of six, but, like, almost 6
0: And I, that's You're literally I, a foot
1: taller than me. Literally. Like, I have, um, my sister has, like, my, my brother's having no kids. I'm having no kids. My sister has the only kids. But it's me and my brother and my sister. Mm-hmm. And she's six four. Her husband is also six four. Their kids are, like, they're wearing, like, five-year-old clothes. Yeah, like for like five-year-old kids, the oldest is two, because that's how big they are, and the youngest is one, and they're both wearing the same size five-year-old clothes.
0: Sorry, that didn't though. That, that that was not dead air, guys. Like that is holy shit.
1: Which is like it's a big, it's a, you know it, it's a little bit of a pain because mm-hmm. like most clothes made for like one and two-year-olds have like the snaps between the legs yes so that if you pick them up then then their shirt doesn't come rolling up to their armpits yes but they don't make those in five-year-old size for some reason they do <laughs> <But> not the <laughs> one-year-old still would need that oh my god that's crazy holy shit it's just like you know and to me that's like so you know normal yeah, that everybody in my family is taller than me. I'm the shorty pants. Like, and then, and then like, I, I meet someone um, who is more like, close to like Canadian average size. And I'm just like, oh, the, you know, you must have a, a different literal perspective of like, mm-hmm. you know, like, you, you don't have family members ducking through door frames.
0: <laughs> no, actually, if anything, I'm actually one of the tallest women in my family wow I that's how tall like, because I stand above a lot of my family and it's weird when I have like I'm very short like my fiance is like five eight I'd say five seven five eight to me he's super tall because mm-hmm. he's He's taller than me he's taller than my dad my dad's only five six and my mom is like under five foot I had no shot in hell I was going to be short regardless of you know Ton, but I have very frequently long arms like very I have I bet you if we stood shoulder to shoulder I bet your arm length would almost be the same like I just I don't need to stand on stuff I can literally just reach to the top shelf on tippy toes and if
1: like not I, like I'll walk through like a grocery store and it's like yeah I'll get that for you yeah I'll get that for you too
0: <laughs> I was gonna say I are sometimes I'm the kid at Sobeys climbing the shelf to grab the top thing I'm not that tall but yeah I I, it's it's nice to be able to grab things well speaking of grabbing things Ria I think this is time to wrap up was there anything you wanted to add how about any advice do you want to give to anyone being a homestyle baker
1: homestyle baking is about having a good time
0: yes and I think
1: if you're like doing homestyle baking and it's really stressing you out then you know You have to take it less
0: seriously. Absolutely. I think, I definitely think that's the best advice. Have fun. Literally have fun with baking. Professional baking is not fun. Homestyle baking, that's when you can explore. That's when you can add different flavors. That's when you can play with color theory. Professional baking, it's here's what you have to make. Make 6,000 of these by 4 p.m. Mm -hmm. Go. And it's also 2 p.m. Go. Go. That's professional baking, very stressful. But yeah, home baking is so much more fun because again, it's whatever I want to do. I okay, this is what I'm making for our engagement party, which is next week. Tell me how cute this is. So, pl- like Dollarama, uh, like fake champagne glasses, mm-hmm. confetti cake, blueberry icing, more confetti cake, cotton candy icing, blue Jello on the top, uh, a ring, a Teddy Graham and a um umbrella on the top of basically being cute little bear bear in the pool little cake That's like, that, so cute. like that shit's cute that you could never sell that in a bakery and if you did you would have to sell it for like six or seven bucks a pop and I was like this is just too cute okay I had like I, I, I saw it online I was like I have to do this right so very very cute. Well, Ria, I want to thank you so much for coming here today. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences of what it's like to be a home style baker. Uh for anybody listening, where can we find where can we find you?
1: Um, I am RikiTeek on Instagram. I am still a little baby Instagrammer. Like, I think I've got five posts, but I'm working on it. And um, I also am a moderator for uh, Sims uh, Facebook group called the Sims 4 Society. So if you want to come and join us, we'd love to have new people come in and bring their experiences.
0: Yes, go please go check them out. Um, I, just, I will occasionally so be like, I'm going to post on Facebook and here's this week's podcast. Uh, but please go check out Aria. She's absolutely amazing. Uh, go check out the Facebook page for Sims Society as well. I uh, go yeah. check both those out. Links will be below. I want to say it's absolute pleasure coming for you to come back here today. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and I wish you the best. And I will definitely talk with you literally very soon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's <up> 12 hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye.